Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Hi, Michael Morgan, and we're back with Shots Fired. The Three Musketeers, Kyra Spodley and Jasanga Malata in the building, taking backs like, um, I don't know, a nightclub bouncer took Dylan Dallas's back. <laughs> How are you doing, good sir? It's good to, good to see you after a, a week hiatus. Unfortunately, I was working uh, the, the late shift, four till midnight last weekend, so I couldn't join you guys, but it's good to be back. Good to have you back. And um, I suppose without further ado and uh, delay, because we do have quite a lot, as usual, on the docket, Kyra Spodley, kick things off for us, my brother. Ah, oh, you were talking about taking backs. You stabbed me in the back by mentioning that before I could get to talking about it, Mike. <laughs> Listen, now, according to the streets, Dylan Dannis has been arrested at a bar or what a club, whatever you want to call pub, whatever. That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is how the fuck a black belt in jiu-jitsu gets submitted by Ooh. a cop. Ooh. How, do, how, how does that happen? Now, I, the person who wants to play devil's advocate, I hate this, but I have to give him something. Guy is a police officer, so if you do fight back, it is resisting arrest, sure. Mm. But you still got submitted, bro. You still got submitted, though. What is going on with you? Now I see why he doesn't want to come back to Bellator. If I was Dylan Dennis right now, I would never want to compete again. I wouldn't show up to the gym. I wouldn't be trying to DM Jake Paul. I wouldn't be talking about hanging out with Connor. I'd just take a break and disappear like Jesse Smollett did. But that's not what he's going to do. He's going to be talking shit when he gets out of jail. He's going to be talking shit some more. And my question for y'all is this. One, how is he making money? Two, what is his possible next move? What could he possibly do next? to help himself. Because at this point, he's not doing shit and it's only going down for him. And let's go with, <clears throat> I saw CM looking left and right. We're going with CM first. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw the video uh, pop up on my, on my timeline. I saw a couple of videos. I saw one where he was getting pulled away and it was, I think it was somebody who was filming from a balcony or some had some vantage point. That was the initial one I saw. And then uh, literally just an hour and a half ago, I saw the one of him being, uh, Reenacted, choked by the, by the police officer, and yeah, I was uh, was I surprised to 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 see <laughs> to see Dennis in that position. I mean, given uh, given he's a well, he, he is a BJJ black belt himself under uh, Marcelo Garcia, no <laughs> no less. Uh, yeah, I was absolutely stunned, absolutely stunned to to see that. But um, he, he <laughs> okay in normal circumstances. There's no way in hell, even if that police officer looked as if he had like a good maybe 20, 30 pounds in him, should be submitting him. There's no way in hell. But there also there are some factors to his defense. Although I'm not as uh, his biggest fan of his social media antics, I think he should fight more than he should than he should tweet or what have you. There are some factors. He is. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's been injured for a very very long time, and I think he had another surgery not too long ago. So potentially 
that is a reason why <laughs> the, the, the officer or security guard or whoever it is on guard um, got his back. But <laughs> uh, yeah, and also we're not forgetting, he might have been drunk as hell. Apparently it was the Jersey, <laughs> it was the Jersey Shore where he was at. So like, yeah, who remembers that show? Jersey Shore, do you remember? Oh, I do. Anyway, I do. Uh, well, Dylan Dennis has got a situation here because it looks bad as fuck. And I know you got the pun there. I know you got the reference. I got it. The I got situation. it. But yeah, it, it looks, yeah, I, I I don't know what to make of Dylan Dennis because literally, he, uh, obviously he's a martial artist. He makes martial arts and uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, legit martial arts. But he's sadly known for, for A, being Connor's, Connor's pal. And B, B. <laughs> what are you about to say? No, say what I you're thought, gonna say. I say you what you're gonna say. Something else. No, but no, what, no, what are you about to say? No, no, no. I said Connor's pal. That's what I said. No, no, no. 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 It is. It is half past eight here. We're not past the watershed. I will not be, uh, be, <laughs> be using such terminology. But anyway, Connor's pal. That's what he's best known and as, and uh, literally a keyboard warrior. Like I hate to say it, but I mean, the the guy picks more. Twitter fights than actual fights he's had. I think what he's fought twice in Bellator, like and yeah. as it pertains to his to his next move, I don't know what he does. I, I uh, for, it's, but he's well. He obviously doesn't need to fight. That's that's another thing because he must be making money somehow. I don't I don't know how. I don't know if he's got secret OnlyFans or what have you or whatever. But uh, yeah, basically it doesn't look good for him. Basically, if I was him, I'd just keep a low profile. Don't post on social media as much. Oh no, post on social media. Obviously, I think that must be a revenue uh, stream, a revenue stream for him. But don't be talking shit to fighters because, like, when when this actually gets around to fighters, like, because it's just at the moment on MMA Twitter, it's like fighters and people who he's interacted with and people he's pulled out have yet to see this. When this happens, like the roasting is gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be rough for him. So if I'm him, just take a break from social media in terms of. Uh, calling out people because you have no leg to stand on when it comes to this at this moment in time. Mr. Morgan. I think considering that he is the co-owner of Bellator, I mean, does this man really need to work? I mean, you've seen him there with Scott Coker talking about their business plans and what their future endeavors are going to be. You've seen him up in the videos. You've seen him all up in the videos. And the thing is this, He's now in the exalted position of a um, jiu-jitsu dummy because literally, this is what I got from that video. It wasn't even a cop, or it may have been an off-duty cop, but it looked as though it was nightclub security that took his back. Now, are you telling me as a, as a BJJ black belt, you don't know the escape for that from somebody who is... I would say substandard to your technical prowess. Are you telling me you don't know? But in terms of what he's doing, maybe he's doing PTs, but he's obviously minted up. He's obviously got coin because if you remember rightly, when uh, Connor was in dire straits and was incarcerated for those few hours, it was Dylan Dennis who bailed him out. So he's obviously got access to funds. He's obviously quite minted and um, he's obviously, you know, financially uh fluid so i don't know what he's doing exactly but i would guess at a guess it would be um training camps and he's somebody he's a body that comes in rocks in and uh allows himself to be malleable and um be uh you know taking through his paces you know what this is 
Mm. This is a teaching moment to all you motherfuckers out there who take a BJJ class, who just got your blue belt, maybe you got a little stripe on it, that think that y'all can go out in the real world and abuse the gifts that are given to you by a teacher. This is what the fuck can happen to you guys. Because I see this all the time online. I see these motherfuckers who do BJJ like, what happens in the streets? Motherfucker, you, it's not like that in the streets. It's not like all these people out here who get a little bit of martial arts training think they can whoop anybody's ass who doesn't train. No, no, no. And I know there's some people right now watching this who do BJJ who are gonna be like, Kairos, but if I had you in this position, if I had him in this, no. He is probably the greatest grappler in that 100 mile radius, maybe even thousand mile radius and still got out grappled by someone doing security and a club. I get that they hire some people. Sometimes clubs will hire some legit people, but they're not going to be of the BJJ acumen as you. So mm-hmm. let this be a lesson to y'all right now who do BJJ. Do not think that y'all can just go out here and beat anybody's ass. Stop trying to prove how tough you are just because you do martial arts. Stop it. Stop it. But do you not take into the uh, into consideration that he was more than likely inebriated. No, 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 no. That doesn't matter at all. Here's why that don't matter. Here's why that don't matter. What do they always talk about? Muscle memory, Muscle memory. drilling, instinct. Now, where is all that shit then? If you're drunk, you should still have, what the fuck? I've done a lot of stuff drunk. The muscle memory is the muscle memory. And it doesn't, I don't care if you're going up against Gary Tonin or a security guard. You at least got some sort of defense. You got to try something. But that's, I'm just, no. He's not getting out of this. Do not give him an out. He, no, I'm not, oh, no. no I, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm just saying to play, to play devil's advocate, we have to kind of be factually mm-hmm. correct. We obviously we don't time. know if he was drinking or what have you, but we're just speculating, especially given the mugshot as well. I don't know if you saw his mugshot. It looked, yeah. it looked as if he'd obviously uh, been, been enjoying himself that evening. But uh, I just think he looks it, that stupid all the time. He didn't look any different <laughs> to me. <laughs> Fair enough. You're like you're you're entitled to that opinion, and uh, a lot of people a lot of people wouldn't disagree agree with you. But uh, yeah, I just I I just don't. Uh, yeah, I think this is probably one of the worst things that could have could have happened to him because I don't want to say his his uh, his 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 respect or the respect people have for him was like rock bottom. Respect maybe isn't respect maybe isn't the word, but. Um, People didn't necessarily don't necessarily hold him in high esteem because of the things that I, I talked about beforehand. Is that he's he's just constantly berating fighters and saying they say, "Oh, I'm the best in the world," and just like calling out. Remember, he had a, a Twitter beef with Michael Bisping. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll fuck you up." Michael Bisping with one eye, with dodgy knees, and I'm pretty sure he had uh, a, a slight neck. He had he might have had an epidural on his neck not too long ago. Would whoop Dylan Alice's Dennis's ass right now, a hundred percent. So if I'm him again, as I said, just stay off social media st- or or just don't talk shit to people for for a while. Just delete Twitter. And in fact, delete Twitter and Instagram off your phone for a while. It's it's good for people to have those healthy resets and 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 what have you. But uh, also, I mean, yeah, maybe don't get so belligerently drunk that well again we're speculating don't allegedly get belligerently drunk to the point where you're being thrown out of a bar and having to wrestle with a what looked like a security guard i mean but. i'm just saying he took it that far he took it to that point to where he had to get grappled yeah 
People exactly. always want to say, if only he complied, if he only complied, if only Dylan complied, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But because he didn't comply, now you got to an answer for that. And because that happened, you got out grappled. You were talking about him having very little, you, you avoided it. I'm going to say it though. The respect for Dylan Dennis in every community is baseline. The one thing holding him up from obscurity and like everybody else is, oh, I can fight. I could beat your ass. But now that we see, you can't fight and you can't be anyone's ass. So that's why I'm saying this right now. He better diss a fucking peer or he better go fight someone and absolutely beat the fuck out of them in the cage. He got he to gotta get that respect back somehow. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And, and, and also he needs to, um, to, to shy away from this talk of uh, boxing Jake Paul because Jake Paul would piece him up. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that out there. If anybody wants to disagree with me, feel free to come at me in the mentions. But Jake Paul would handily beat Dylan Dennis in the boxing match. Did you see the tweet 100%. that he posted talking about him? I don't know if he's talked about him yet, but I'm sure it will come because like him or loathe him, Jake Paul is a pretty good troll when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to winding people up. So He dropped a video today about it. He oh, did he do the video? Today with, with when they DM'd last year, he was telling them, hey, listen, I will offer you 750000 maybe even a million out of my own purse to have you come fight me, but you have to give me an answer within 72 hours. He did it, and as soon as that didn't happen, he went to fight Ben Askren because he said, I'm looking at Ben Askren, yeah. I'm looking at somebody else and somebody else. Literally, he didn't answer, and right after, that was when the Askren fight was announced. And then in the video, he later says, I'm talking done with Dylan Downs. I gave him the opportunity. He said no. And then he called out Tommy Fury and said, I'm giving you this opportunity now, Tommy. If you don't accept it, I'll go with somebody else. I mean, these men need to step up to the plate. And then like, and, and, and especially now, there's no way. In, in fact, I, th I, think, I think Dylan Downs has lost the Jake Paul fight. That, that's done for him. Is like from, from, from this display, grappling-wise, that is, that is lit that's literally done for him. Yeah. I mean, should have taken that back, bro. I would have taken 75K, yeah. <laughs> let alone 70, 70. I would have taken that. I would have taken that. I would have got my sponsors and, and what have you. Would have released a song called Let's Go Big. Unless <laughs> I just wanted to get Kyra's reaction. But, but anyway, let's move on from uh, Dylan Dennis getting his, uh, his backs taken. Okay, this coming Saturday, we've got two legends going head to head again. Nick Diaz and the legend Robbie Lawler. Now, if you do the maths on this, it's literally 17 years since they last fought. Now, when you do the actual numbers, did you know that it's actually 209 months yep. since they last fought? See what they did there? That's pretty clever marketing from the UFC's point of view, but I'm gonna cut straight to the chase. Look, I love Nick Diaz and I love Robbie Lawler. But do we really want to see this fight, considering that we three gentlemen, we three gentlemen sat here many moons ago, I think it was round about November 2019, and we swore blind that we were mental health advocates and we did not want to see Nick Diaz enter the cage. But now look at you, Chisanga Malata. I, for the prosecution, I have to bring you to the witness stand. First of all, do you remember that? But secondly, secondly, do you want to see this? Because I see you salivating now. I see a man who looks as though Christmas has come early. I see a man who looks as though all his dreams have actually come true. I put it to you, Chisanga Malata, that you are a hypocrite. You, you said, and you, uh, 
Kairos Bodley, that we do not want to see this. We want to safeguard his health. We are champions and bastions of, uh, of, of mental health. And now look at you. Now look at you salivating. Can't wait for the day to come until these two men do battle. I put it to you, Chisanga Malata, that we may be misguided, misjudged, and bamboozled by the fact that this is nostalgia. I put it to you that do we really want to see this? Stuck the motherfucker. Stuck the <laughs> motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. No, 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 no. You raised some some salient points. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, I was. Uh, I, 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 uh, I, I was, I was pretty vehement with my uh, disapproval at the notion of Nick Diaz returning because that, that was off the the back of. Um, I think that was it. Was I think it was November 2019 because he did that interview with Ariel Hawani. Yeah. He seemed because uh, he, he did that interview with Ariel because Nate was fighting Jorge and he seemed very, very, um, as if he was under the influence of substances. Now, I'm not saying that as a fact, but he is, uh, his cognitive function didn't seem to be the best then. Uh, but fast forward, well, what are we, nearly nearly two years now, fast yes. forward. And, and yeah, he, he looks a lot better physically and mentally as well. I don't know if you've watched any of the, 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 uh, the countdown footage, but if you actually listen to him speak, he sounds <laughs> he, he sounds completely with it. He sounds totally totally um totally normal. Obviously, no fighter is going to be totally normal for taking trauma to the head. But he sounds as normal as a as a mixed martial artist who's had a twenty year career can be. Now, yes, obviously there are still going to be lingering concerns, but there are um th there's positives. Obviously, I I don't know if you follow. You don't have Instagram, Mike. Yeah, we always yeah. Have, we always have to send you screenshots when we're trying. <laughs> When we're trying to show you stuff from there but um nick seems to have well and truly turned his life around and you you see it in the, the way he looks physique wise he, he looks in fantastic shape i know the diaz brothers always stay in shape and what have you but in and diaz but if we're measuring in terms of uh, the, the diaz brothers scale nick looks phenomenal and it's obvious that he's um he's quit the party lifestyle because for a time, like, well, during that five-year period, the only time you'd hear of Nick Diaz is if he's been cornered by TMZ and he's outside a club and he looks inebriated, or you'd see him post some wild, uh, well, not not too wild stuff, but you you see him post uh, some Instagram stories of him at some, some, like, dodgy houses, and, like, some of them, I'm not even going to, like, look as if people might have, like, been smoking crack. I'm not saying that he's done that or what have you, but... Yo. <laughs> but no, no, Kairos, you, like, you, you, oh you see, you've seen some of the places, though, like... They, they do look, look like, they do look like trap houses. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> going back to uh, why, why I'm okay with this is that Nick has obviously made a conscious effort to not only return to the cage, but better his mental and physical health, and if um, if he was still exuding some of the, the the problems and the issues that he was in that interview with Ariel Hawani in uh, November 2019, I'd be completely against it. But because um, because it's nearly been two years, like two years, and he's made a solid change through his life. I'm I'm okay with it with this fight happening. Although on the on the flip side, there is the worry that what happens if this goes badly, and then he could could uh, regress to to his old ways. I mean, yeah, that that that's that that that's a risk that the I wouldn't necessarily say the UFC are taking. The UFC are just doing their job and offering him a fight. That's a risk Nick is taking. But as I said, <coughs> given the fact that he has turned turned things around and looks to be mentally and physically in a great place, 
I, I have no problem with it. And yes, Mike, nostalgia is probably making me say these things, but as well to a, to a certain extent. But I, I, I firmly believe that he's in a better place. And I think that there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm glad, I'm glad that the UFC took their time with this. And they didn't just, as soon as, because he said to Ario, yeah, I want to get back and fight. And they didn't give him a fight six months later or a year later. I'm glad that they've taken two years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm down with it. Of course, yes, as I said, there will be that concern as to what happens if, if, uh, if things go, go badly. Not even if he loses, but if they go really, really badly, if you know what I mean. But, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down for it. I'm so fucking pumped for this. I'm actually off. I'm not working the event. I'm, so I'm going to be drinking. I'll be joining people in spaces. Nice. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll be yeah, I'll be drunk as hell, but it'll be uh, it'll be good. I'll just make sure not to libel myself or uh, defame anyone. <laughs> Kairos Bodley, again, I put it to you just to refresh your memory. You were one of the loudest, the loudest uh, advocates for him staying away from the sport, and you were shocked and you were dismayed. And one of the things which it was ringing in my um, ears was you were calling on the UFC to have some kind of like fighter care program, if I remember rightly. I may be wrong. It may have been Iba Chisanga or it might have been G, but I remember somebody saying, this is a prime example of us needing to nudge the UFC on the need for fighter care. But getting back to the original question, you were an advocate then of him staying away, but all of a sudden, look at you licking your lips, LL Cool J in the building. I mean... What's changed, brother? Listen, sir. Um, first and <laughs> foremost, yes, I did do those things. And yes, I did say those things. So I, I'm going to own that one. That was the old me. <laughs> the new me. The new Kairos. <laughs> the new Kairos understands that he's going to fight. He's going to do what he's going to do. So I might as well just enjoy it now. Because he's going to fight regardless. Whether he's going to fight under the UFC banner or under a strip club banner. He's going to do what he's going to do. And I am not going to disrespect Nick Diaz or Robbie Lawler during Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler fight week. I'm just going to keep it a buck with you. I'll keep it. Do I like it? No. Am I going to sit here and say, I'm not going to watch it? I'd be a liar. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to watch. I can be an advocate and still watch this and even enjoy it, but still feel bad about it. But as for, <laughs> but, but that's just me. That's just who I am. As I, I can watch it and enjoy it and just be like, oh, I'm a bad person, but I'm still going to watch it. But also, I don't think this fight's going to be like that. I don't think this is going to be some bloody, like, I think it's going to be a low volume showcase. And at the end of it, both guys are going to have their hands both up with each other and everyone's going to be like, yeah, good for Nick. He taunted him for 15 minutes. Good for Robbie. He threw 10 strikes around for three rounds. Like, it's not going to be that crazy. It's not, I just don't see it that way. So that's why that neatly segues into my next question, my follow-up question. What are we doing here? We know <laughs> how this is actually going to pan out. We know exactly what's going to transpire. Okay, we've got a gut feeling the direction of travel that's going to be uh, occurring before us on Saturday night. Now, what are we doing here? Because what's next then? Let's just imagine horror of horrors. Nick Diaz gets knocked the fuck out. Then what? Then what? What are we doing here? Are we serving up another veteran? Are we uh, defrosting another uh, UFC mainstay who has been in the the basement for all this time? Then we want to, we want to see them um, 
run back some kind of like nostalgic um, bout. I mean, what are we doing next is what I'm asking. I'm gonna go back to Sandra <laughs> Malata. What are we doing here? First of all, I completely disagree with you, your guys' assessment of how the fight is gonna pan out. Robbie Lawler only comes to take people's souls. Honestly, Robbie Lawler doesn't know any other way to fight. We, we know this, we know this. I think it's really like, it's gonna pan out the same way when he fought Cowboy. Remember when those two just went fucking at it. I can't remember when it was, it was, 20, was it 2017? When those two were, oh, I, I, think, I think that's how the fight's gonna, gonna pan out. Well, well, maybe not straight away, but I think Nick will be a bit tentative and then Robbie's just gonna fucking go for it. Like that man has a calm, a calm, oh, I know this is an oxymoron to a certain extent. That man has like a calm hell in him, if you know what I mean. That like he's just he just he bring he brings out once he gets in there. But anyway, as it pertains to your question, what are we doing here? We're having fucking fun, Mike. We always <laughs> complain about you you know making fun fights. We're having fucking fun. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it's yeah. I, I I understand your concern about what what, what do we do and. Is a Nick Diaz thing ruined if he, if he gets knocked out? But I mean, I think I I I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Nick Diaz being fed to a killer at middleweight or or a killer at uh, 170 because that would be so much so much worse. I mean, like we literally know know, know what would what would be happening. So I'm happy that the fact they've uh, given him Robbie Lawler, a man that he's beaten, and let's not beat around the bush. Robbie has lost his last four, although a couple of them have been close decisions. And mm -hmm. then, then obviously the, the the Ben Askren loss, and let's not forget <laughs> Robbie knocked out Ben Askren and he woke him back up with with, the, with that with that ground to pound. So, and then it was the bullshit gold dug. Uh, well, no, I, th I think he did go up, but anyway. So. I'm happy that it's this type of matchmaking, and I'd I'd like to see more legend versus legend matchmaking. And I know uh, Vitor Belfort was a proponent of, of <laughs> yes, legend versus legend. I like that idea. Like or the UFC, that I know they're they're in the business of putting legends against killers, but at the same time, these these you've uh, you built an audience with these guys, like say Robbie Lawler and, and Nick Diaz. Why not try preserve it? rather than giving, say, Nick Diaz, like, who, who could he give a, a well word for that? Then give him fucking Nick Diaz, Hamzat Chemaev. Like, remember that was that was a thing that was that was potentially going to happen? So yeah. I'm happy for it. <laughs> and initially I was against Vitor Belfort's idea of like a Legends League or whatever, because remember he was a proponent of saying, oh yeah, we should have like a, almost like a Legends division or what have you. Well, I agree with it to a certain extent, uh, but obviously not the, the legend that, uh, Vitor Belfort uh, knocked out last was it last weekend or the week before that was just a fucking disgrace the, the whole holy food thing but yeah Mike we're having fun and so far you are the only person in the universe I know that is <laughs> that is poo-pooing this fight you're the only person that I know that is poo-pooing this fight Mr. No Mr. Nostalgia himself you are a nostalgic person as well you're and right you, you, you are poo-pooing this fight I it's yeah, no shame on you for going back on your uh, going back on your your, your traits, your nostalgic traits. But, yeah, um, but 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 surely I should be giving some kind of kudos to sticking to my guns in terms of the mental health aspect of this has not gone away. This is still the same person who, in a two-hour shoot, they had <sighs> to actually splice and dice footage to make him sound as though he were um, well not drunk. And as well as that, 
I'm slightly worried that we are now seeing this at 185. Now, nobody um, is kind of like ringing alarm bells and linking those two. But I don't want to like take this off at a tangent because I want you to answer, um, Kairos. What are we doing here? Brother, what are we doing here? That's the thing. So in my mind, I'm thinking of it in this standpoint, like I said before. I don't see that much danger in it. And I think enough time has elapsed from when we originally saw Nick in that state. I think his body looks good. I think he's speaking better than before as much as he can. So that's why I'm not so like gun shy about it. Do you remember the conversation we had where I was like, if Jimmy Manimal called you up and was like, I'm trying to take this fight, mm. what would you do? And yeah. you said, I would talk to him, I'd be realistic with him. And yeah. so yeah. let's say he goes through with it. Are you gonna watch the fight? I would watch the fight just as I'm okay. gonna watch on Saturday. I'm okay. a hypocrite, yes, but I'm still sticking by my principles. I'm gonna evoke, <laughs> I'm gonna evoke the, uh, the Kairos principle. And that is, look, it may not be palatable to me 100%, but I'm still gonna watch. Yeah. Thing is, you, can, like, you, can, you, can, you can be excited for the fight and simultaneously have concerns. Yes. You, 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 you can do, but what, what I'm also thinking is, I'm you know, not trying to justify it in any way, shape or form is that both men are getting to do what they love and Nick is getting a payday as well. Nick is mm -hmm. further, helping secure his financial future, which I mean, at the age of 37 uh, and as many, as many fights as he had and as many, um, well, for, for as long as he was out and enjoying, enjoying the high life, uh, an opportunity that many people don't get that, that, have, that have those similar circumstances. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't, I, I can't fucking wait actually. I, I think like it's, yeah. And, I don't know if anybody is starting this trend. I think we should do it. I think we should start the trend. Oh no, someone has. I was about to say like photos of yourself when Nick Diaz fought Robbie Lawler, and then photos now. But uh, but yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. But you you said you were going off on a tangent, Mike, and I kind of want you to go off on that tangent before um before we uh, we wrap up not wrap up before we I'm, delve into our feature interview. I, I'm glad because. I wanted to get your take on it because for me, again, that's ding a ling a ling a ling a ling, alarm bells ringing again, 185. Why is it at 185? That does concern me. And I'm going to go back to <laughs> Kairos first off. This 185 not concerning you, or am I just being uh, Mr. P in the tent tonight? You want to know what's crazy? A person in this group chat was like, I heard that Nick got knocked out in training camp. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, who told you that? They're like, my sources. Now, I don't know if this person was being dead ass, but I saw another person on the timeline say it too. So it's like spreading. I don't know if this is true, a rumor or a lie at this point. So I'm like, okay, is that true? But then the other practical side of me says, he probably just didn't want to cut the fucking weight, which is what Dana said also. But I'm like, but Dana said it though. So I don't know. So if we're being honest, I don't think it's that serious. I don't think it's, I don't me personally, I don't think it's that serious. But if the motherfucker got knocked out during training camp and he's coming <laughs> back, sounds like a Nick Diaz type of thing. Because a lot of these people, that shit will happen and they still will fight. So thing thing is though, I don't know if you saw Caesar Gracie posted on Instagram and saying it's complete fucking bullshit. Basically, that oh that, that claim is 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 head coach. But um yeah, and 
I, I, Caesar Gracie has no has no reason no reason to lie. Yeah, I, I don't know. He does have reason to lie. What do you oh, mean? Yeah, he yes. got a million reasons to lie. No, 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 no. Caesar Gracie is a man of honor. Do not disperse. It doesn't matter any- about you. Just said he doesn't have a reason. It's not about the honor. You said he doesn't have a reason to lie. I could think of three reasons off the top of my head. Okay, so you can reason. say okay. You know, no, maybe I'm, I'm, I miss I, I I misspoke. I misspoke. Okay, all right. Uh, I, I, I misspoke. I, I what I should have said is I'm inclined to believe Caesar. That's what I'm I'm, I'm inclined to do. But yeah, one eighty five. I I don't know. I th- I think. I think I think this is just Nick Diaz being Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz like has a history of doing whatever the fuck he wants. Remember the the George St. Pierre fight? Uh, he didn't even show up for the press conference, and then they took away and then like then they took away the the title fight from him. And I think that's when George fought Condit instead. If memory serves me correct, I can't I, I can't remember. I mean, the man does what he wants, but uh, I don't know how he's going to get out of this because contractually they've signed on the dotted line for 170 pounds. So, yeah. I mean, or if I'm Robbie Lawler, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I'll take it. But give me, give me 10% of your purse. Give me 20% of your purse. Because, oh, that's what, that's what would happen anyway if he was to miss weight, right? So, yeah. yeah. I think you're being remarkably generous there when you're kind of glossing over the whole weight issue. In all the years... He has been competing. He has never missed weight. He has maintained every single matchup and has met that weight. Why all of a sudden is there a problem? Why are we going to 185? Days, literally days before. I'm kind of minded to think that something behind the scenes is not quite right. Hence the reason why that spidey sense is just tingling. Mike, you're trying to raise panic right now. I'm gonna tell you yeah. right now. I'm gonna. I reckon, it was, I reckon it was Mike I'm, who started that rumor. That yeah, it was Mike who started that rumor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna calm it down right now. Listen, he hasn't even sat. He hasn't even stood on the scale yet, so we don't even know. We don't even know it. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when Yolanda Yunjajek was gonna fight Michelle Waterson, and yeah. she was joking around saying that she wasn't gonna make the weight. And you know what happened? Mike Bond. Who was the other motherfucker? Uh, Brett Okamoto. Uh, and there was somebody else was like, she should never be able to compete at strong weight again. How dare she not make the weight for a main event that she signed to da 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 And she ain't even set on the scale yet. She's never had problems hitting 115 yet. Maybe she was just talking shit just to talk shit, just to get you thinking, oh no, are they gonna make, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is gamesmanship is what I think it is. That's what I think it is. But you know, I could be wrong. The great Chael Sonnen agreed with me when I posed that question to him on his podcast, though. So I, I, oh, I think I'm right. Shout-out? Did you get a shout-out on your welcome? I sent him a video, and he played my video and responded with the video. Respect. Okay. Oh, respect, respect. All right. Oh. You want to get that up on your channel, brother? I got to find it on his channel because it was like five months ago. <laughs> I don't know where it's at. <laughs> this is a long time ago. This is so long ago. <laughs> Okay, well, look, gentlemen, I'm not going to take up any more time. It's uh, my time to actually pass <laughs> on to Chisanga Malata. Right, people. Speaking of one of the men of the hour, because, I mean, sadly, in, in terms of uh, global interest of, of this card, everybody's tuning in to see uh, <laughs> to see the return of Nick Diaz. But although I'm stoked for Lauren Mercy against uh, Valentina Shevchenko and Volkanovski against Brian Ortega stylistically, that's a fucking amazing matchup, especially with uh, Ortega's leaps and bounds into striking. But one half of the people's main event 
kindly joined us on the Shots Fired slash the Warcast uh, to discuss his fight with Mr. Nick Diaz. And that is, of course, former UFC welterweight champion, Robbie Lawler. So here is Mr. Lawler, who, uh, who kind of, I, I won't say scared me or whatever, but I could tell that, that as I said earlier on, he uh, he had the uh, the calm anger in him because obviously he was uh, gearing up to fight. So without further ado, Robbie Lawler. Robbie, how are you doing? Good, how you been? I've been good, thank you. I've been good, thanks. So, uh, thank you very much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. Before we get into the meat and bones of everything and what fans want to know from you, talk to us about your partnership with Kill Cliff Energy Drinks and how that came about. Um, it's just uh, a relationship that we had through uh, a buddy of uh, Dave Martin and mine and just kind of like uh, kind of blossomed. Uh, Ryan Bader does some stuff with some uh, the Navy SEAL Foundation. It's just kind of a, a great relationship, Kilcliffe and uh, everything they bring to the table, doing a great job of uh, helping us promote fights and, and get our uh, gym up and running. It's just awesome clean energy, too, which is awesome. Uh, the green tea energy, I don't feel a crash, which is awesome. That's good. I was, I was about to say, because you seldom post anything on, on social media, so this stuff must really work if you are putting it in front of center in your social media. Oh, for sure. But but the taste is awesome, too. But you're getting uh, the green tea, which is like a smoother, not – you don't really crash after the uh, after the energy boost. Uh, a little bit of vitamin B and B12, and it just feels good. Smooth, too. Smooth taste. So before I look forward to your fight in two weeks' time, I want to go back and assess 2020 as a whole for you. Obviously, you only had the one out against Neil Magny, but how was the rest of the year in general for you? Uh, I mean, it's been good. Just uh, focusing on uh, getting myself better. Uh, all depends. This is a big fight coming up. Uh, kind of gets me up, gets me training hard. Uh, he's a big name, a guy I fought a long time ago, so it's just – Putting in a little extra work, uh, feel good. Yeah, you touched on that. Obviously, you'll be you matching Nick Diaz in uh, Fortnite and Saturday the UFC 266. You, uh, you also mentioned it, it's a rematch a long time in the making, 17 years. I mean, is this a fight that you ever expected to come to fruition again? Uh, no, I actually didn't really think of it. I thought maybe like 10, 12 years ago, possibly, but not. 17 years later but uh it's just been a long time it's just uh but it's a big fight for me and ufc wanted to put it together so he's coming to fight yeah and you, you touched on it obviously even if you hadn't fought it makes a big name but the fact that you two do have history it is it, it is a massive fight in that sense and as you said it's, it's getting you up and motivating you more so than maybe in recent years Yeah, it's a big opportunity, like a big name, just kind of, I spend a lot of time with my family, my son, so it's like for me to take time away from them to uh, focus on myself, it has to be something uh, something big, so he's a big name, and I'm working. Yeah, You said uh, you thought that the fight maybe might get made like 12 years ago or so, was that when you were at Geisman Strike Force, that you thought potentially that would happen? 
Yeah, yeah, and then maybe like early on in the UFC, but like it never, never uh, came to fruition. I like never pushed anything. It just kind of came when it came. And how is it being? Uh, well, I, I don't sound like I'm asking the cliche. How's your training camp question being? But how's it been preparing for Nick, considering the fact that there's been no footage of him for the last six years? We don't know what tools, new tools Nick Diaz has added to his game. So how has that affected your preparation? Uh, it didn't really affect it at all. Uh, I remember our first fight. Uh, obviously, it was a long time ago. He's a different fighter. I'm a different fighter. But really, it was just focusing on myself, uh, tightening my skills up, getting my body in shape, making sure my footwork's where it needs to be, and just working on my skills so that uh, my game's tight. And uh, Nick, obviously, has been out of the Octagon, I believe, six years. Now, are you a believer in ring loss? Do you think that's going to potentially play a, a part in the fight? No, I, I think it's one of those things that's just every uh, every fight's different. You never know what's going to happen out there. Uh, and I think he's also a guy who's been helping his brother off and on working. He's in the gym. He's doing stuff. So he'll definitely be uh, sharp with his techniques. It's just will he be able to implement those in the fight? That's uh, We'll see. And the criticism which has been leveled at the Diaz brothers over recent years has been potentially they, they don't really level up with their, um, with their skills or, or what have you. Do you think that especially with Nick's long hiatus, that that might be the case for this fight? Mm. I don't actually really focus too much on uh, other guys and, and what they're up to and what so-and-so's saying. It's just I got to focus on myself, and I'm expecting the best Nick Diaz that could possibly be coming uh, on the 25th, so that's what I'm focused on, just – Thinking he's bringing his A game, and I have to be on point. And obviously, I'm sure you've replayed the first Nick fight over and over in your head nearly two decades ago. But have you watched it recently? And if so, where do you think that it went wrong that night? Um, he's he's obviously a uh, a long fighter. Uh, my, my defense wasn't uh, tight at the time. Uh, he did a good job of drawing me in and, and, count, and countering me with a uh, good right hand, which finished me. But even before that, he uh, early on in the fight, he caught me with a nice one-two right down the pipe. And it's just his night. Uh, after that fight, I went on and, and did some good stuff in, in uh, the next 10, 11 fights. So obviously I've, I've learned from those things and built on it. It's like when those things happen and you lose, it's okay, uh, where do we go from here? How do we get better? And that's what I've always tried to do, and uh, that fight was no different. And last question on this fight in particular. If memory serves me correctly, he seemed to be talking a lot of trash to you in, in, in the octagon. Are you expecting a similar thing, or given the fact that it was so long ago that there won't be any animosity this time around? No, I think he. I think uh, that's just part of his game. Uh, he uh, definitely makes it a very personal uh, experience in there, and I ex expect the same thing. But uh, that's just just how he fights and how he gets himself jacked up.
And in May, it was the 17-year anniversary of the UFC debut. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or if you keep tabs on, on such things. I mean, since since your debut, it's been like a hell of a ride career-wise. I mean, you fought in the biggest mixed martial arts promotions around the world, including Pride as well. How would you assess your career as a whole? Um, just just a roller coaster, ups and downs, uh, but constantly trying to evolve, constantly trying to get better and enjoying the ride. It's, it's been fun. Uh, had a lot of great experiences, and it's all good. And what would you say is would be the, the defining moment? Would it be winning UFC gold, or is there another moment in there for you that is your favorite? Uh, no, because it's, it's not like necessarily defining moments maybe it's defining moments with for other people at the outside looking in but it's more the all the effort put in all the stuff no one saw the wrestling all the sauna workouts all those types of things just the the grinding for years and just trying to figure a way to uh get the job done that's that's what this sport's all about it's not just one fight it's the 15 fights before that that you had to go through training camp so it's just part of the journey and, and the experience yeah but um I, I was going through some of your old fights uh back in the day but surely winning in pride and i can't remember which pride it was but you beat uh was it i can't if you're listening you're in 22 seconds with the flying knee that that's got to be mm -hmm. up there like winning in 22 seconds in japan which is i mean the mecca of combat sports and martial arts originally Yeah, no, that was that was a big fight. What was weird about that fight? So the rules were changed because that was when the uh, Pride actually came to the U.S. So that one was in Vegas, so we couldn't do like knees to the head and and stuff like that. So the crowd obviously was a little different than the Japan, but it was a big fight because uh, being in uh, Pride, it's it's definitely they a huge show. The, the arena was awesome. Lots of lots of uh, amazing fighters on the card. It was nice to be a part of the first uh, Pride event in the U.S. No, I completely forgot about that. My my, my memory, so many fights uh, absorbed. I yeah, completely forget locations and, and what have you. But you talked yep. about you, you talked about big fights, and this one is, in fans' perspective, it's it's a big fight because you've lost your last your last four fights. There were some close decisions in there to RDA and then obviously the contentious Ben Askren fight. Do you feel that your back is up against the wall in this and like, potentially you're fighting for your job? No, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. I'm never too worried about that. I, I picture every fight to be a big fight. That's uh, just how it is. If you're the first fight of the night, second fight of the night, it doesn't matter where you are. Every fight is important every fight you have to give your best and, and try to figure it out and there's no pressure because it's it's a fight simple fair enough and I, I touched on it you gotta perform very true I, I touched on it earlier but you've achieved just about everything there is to achieve in mixed martial arts sport and the biggest promotions in the world one UFC goal what are your current goals at, at this moment in time given the fact that you have reached a pinnacle in sport and you've had a fairy tale career. Um, I just, I, I love competing. I love uh, training, getting my body, just getting up for something. So it's 
it's just enjoying what I do. And, and uh, another thing is I'm giving back to younger fighters, uh, trying to teach things here and there and uh, make their lives a little easier. Is that something that you could potentially... With techniques and just a little bit of... It's coaching potentially? Yeah, it's you know definitely that? something that I want... Yeah, for sure. It's uh, That's what sport's all about. It's like somebody taught me these things, so it's all about giving back. It's just kind of the circle of, of, of martial arts and sports. You just uh, use everything everyone else has showed you and try to give to somebody else, and then hopefully they do the same thing. I wanted to get your prediction uh, for Kanari uh, Usman versus Colby Covington, too, because you're in a unique position having, having trained with, with both men. How do you foresee that fight playing out? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Usman's top right now, uh, getting better, uh, striking, cleaning up, and obviously has a really good base, and Co Colby's uh, well-rounded. Uh, uh, who knows, right? But uh, I'll give the edge to Usman. And final question for me, Bobby. I really do appreciate the time this afternoon. How do you foresee the second fight with Nick Diaz playing out with UC 266? I just see a good fight. A guy, um, he's going to come out to fight. I'm going to come out to fight, and uh, the fans are going to get uh, what they're asking for. Okay, we're back, people. Now, Robbie, one of the things that struck me uh, from what Robbie said is that he – he firmly, well, he's, he's not even worried about potentially being cut from the UFC. Obviously, we talked about it before. He's lost his last four in a row, um, I believe, to Neil Magny, Colby Covington, Dos Anjos, and Ben Askren. Now, given the fact that the UFC are, <laughs> well, it seems as if they're trying to get people off, uh, well, people who have big contracts off the books, I think Robbie should be concerned. Now, what are your guys' thoughts on the fact that he's by no means concerned about this and i'm gonna to go to to kairos when i first heard him say this i because he he was asked this question a few times um and i'm surprised he kept it well i'm not surprised that he kept his answer the exact same every single time but i don't know if it's because he legitimately is not worried or if it's because that thought of him getting cut hasn't crossed his mind i don't know which i think it's just that he's just not worried about it because it's just like if it happens it happens it already happened like you said before but um, I think he should be worried. I definitely think he should be worried unless he has enough money to just like walk away from the sport because otherwise he's going to go to another promotion and it's Robbie Lawler. So they're not going to give him a zero and one fighter. They're going to give him someone who's in title contention or going to be in title contention. And so I just, so now you're getting like whooped in another league. That's not the premier promotion, you know, but maybe we won't even need to worry about that. Maybe Robbie goes out there and either puts on a crazy performance or maybe he just wins and then he's saved. Cause at the end of the day, I just feel like there's certain names mm -hmm. and there's certain fighters with their style that you can't give up. Like you, you have fucking Jeremy Stevens still in the UFC. You're going to tell him he's exciting, but you're going to tell him he's more exciting than Robbie Lawler. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no disrespect yeah. to Jeremy Stevens. <laughs> Yeah, Mike, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts on that? I think what we're hearing is bravado, big bravado. He's talking a big talk. When you look at who he has lost to, and his four losses, RDA, Ben Askren, Colby Covington, and Neil Magny, this will be his fifth loss if he does actually lose to somebody who's 
been on well been 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 away from the cage for that long now what i'm hearing here is bravado what i'm hearing here is bluster what i'm hearing here is making good copy for you as a journalist to be honest with you i would say deep down or not even deep down beneath the surface he is worried of course he's worried his job is on the line Four losses. Remember, four losses. Tell me someone, okay, you're about to say Sam Alvey. I was about to say, tell me someone who's racked up five losses and still kept his job. Yeah, the Marcos. The, the, re, the recently retired Carlos Condit, I believe. Carlos, too. Ronda Marcos, as well. Who else went on a crazy losing streak that still got a job? We could name a bunch. There have been a few. Jake Ellenberger. Uh, we got a list. The, the UFC has let a lot of people slide through them cracks that don't deserve it so if there's anyone who in the recent history Mm. sorry i should have got that out okay all right Honda is the name that comes to it comes to mind okay yeah but he's an anomaly this isn't the norm for you know somebody who said what six or seven months ago i've got one more i've got one more yep one more uh dan hardy dan hardy in recent history he was only recently relieved from his Carolina Kovalkiewicz. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think Boom! She, I think she's I think she's still actually on on the UFC roster at this moment in time. But I will have no absolutely no Carolina Kovalkiewicz disrespect. She is the nicest person ever. No, actually, no disrespect. No, no, he no. Ask the question. Funny story. Uh, not funny story, but uh, my <laughs> wife and I, my wife and I went to Venice for uh, on holiday. This was I think February twenty must have been 2016 or whatever. And we actually bumped into Karolina Kovalkiewicz at a pizza shop. It was February 20, it was February 2017 because it was a few months removed from her loss to Joanna. Okay. And bearing in mind that she she speaks very, very, very little English. Um, I, I, I just asked her for like, just a quick, for a quick interview. I had like five minutes and she gave me the time and, and everything. And yeah, lovely, really, really, really lovely person. And to this day, she still remembers me. So at, like every time well, I've seen her immediately, she's oh, it's like, it's you, it's you. But uh, but yes, go back to go back to uh, your point, Mike. We've we've digressed. <laughs> my, my my point is, it is about the bluster. It is about the big talk. It is about the bravado. I do think that he's worried. Anybody coming into their fifth loss would be worried. So don't believe him. I well, Mike. I kind of I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I think I think he, he might not actually be worried. You know, because obviously he's he's obviously understanding that he's at the tail end of his career. He's thirty nine years old. That yeah, Rob, Robbie's thirty nine years old, but he's he's also well. If I'm I'm assuming that he's um he's 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 uh, he's, he's uh, I'm assuming he's financially secure to to a certain extent, and that he doesn't need to fight. And I'm basing that off the frequency in which he fights. It's not as if like you know you have some some aging fighters who are, who it seems as if they're fighting every like couple months or, or what have you. Mm. And let's not, let's not forget this man's reached the pinnacle of the sport. What, what, what else is there for, for him to do? I mean, he's competed in multiple promotions from yeah. elite XC uh, pride in pride in the, uh, if you remember pride had one event in uh, the United States back in the day, um, strike force as well. And then obviously UFC world champion. I mean, so I think I think he's just content at this moment in time, and mm. if it, and I think he's adopting the attitude that if it happens, it happens. But also another question I wanted to ask: 
What did you make of him? Uh, well, obviously these go hand in hand. His, him saying his his motivations to compete, and just that he's saying, "Look, I I just love the, I, I just love competition," and also um, he's saying he loves he loves giving back, and he's alluded to potentially being a coach in in, in the future, which would which would be phenomenal. Kind of uh, well, if you if you remember the, the background of how he came into the UFC, he came in. Uh, I think it was it was military fighting system. That, this is back back in the day, back when Robbie had hair, and uh, he was part of that phenomenal team with Matt Hughes, Jeremy Horn, Pat Militage, and uh, who else am I thinking? There's someone else I'm missing. But uh, yeah, so what do you make of his uh, his not reason, but yeah, his reason for fighting at this moment in time, and saying it's a love of competition and giving back to up and coming fighters. I think it's admirable. I like the fact that he's going in there with that easy. Um, contented fighter mentality as opposed to I've got to make money now that takes a lot of pressure off him in terms of his performance so I can understand how that's really working for him and I think that's admirable I love the fact as well that he's kind of like seeded the outs in terms of what he could do next because let's just imagine that he has a spectacular win this Saturday where else can you go apart from I, I think a graceful bowing out from the sport because then that lines up his coaching that then lines up all of the things which he was unpacking there that he sees himself as a giver to the sport as a port as opposed to a taker Karis? it scares me a lot because it says that there isn't a means to win it's just like i'm passionate about it, so i'm gonna keep doing it at least if it was like i don't have any money i can't survive without fighting it's like all right well as soon as you get money you're definitely gonna stop with this, it seems like there's no end in mind. And this reminds me of exactly what the fuck Matt Brown said. He's like, I'm retiring. I'm going into coaching. There's a lot for me to do. He was in retirement for like two months. He retired for like two months and got a fight right after. There was someone else who did the same. They were just like, I'm trying to coach down. Uriah Faber did that. He left for a year. Came. It's just like, it's always the same exact thing. The person who's like, I'm passionate about the sport. And I got to help the next generation. I'm going to coach. Every single person who says those things comes back. But every, as I said, as I said previously, Robbie's been there and done it all. The, the examples that you mentioned hadn't reached the pinnacle of the sport. Didn't GSP say that? Didn't GSP, yeah, but GSP came back to further his legacy. Like, it's, he's not, he still came back though. That's my point though. Yeah, let's no, let's not even, let's, okay. George St. Pierre, obviously, uh, he retired because he needed a break as well. And obviously there was the issue with the, the drug testing in, in the UFC, like, cause let's not, let's call a spade a spade there are some motherfuckers in the UFC who are clearly juicing and then after the introduction of USADA um, their fatigues fell off and subsequently their performances fell off so that's the reason why George took a hiatus he didn't technically retire so I exclude him from that list okay okay you know just before we wrap up I want to go with some of the runners and riders who obviously aren't in the uh, championship seat um, that we're looking forward to. Personally, I can't wait to see Dan Hooker and Nazareth Pras only because of the drama, the toing and froing, and the is it happening, isn't it happening uh, nature of Dan Hooker's um, visa. Then switching gears, Nazareth Hatpras um, had exactly the same issue. Tomorrow morning, if you're listening to this on Thursday, we should know whether that fight is actually on. So I can't actually wait to see that because the intrigue the twists and turns, and, you know, they are both um, pretty phenomenal athletes as well. Can't wait to see that one. How about yourself, uh, Kairos? 
Manon Figaro. I hope that's how I say it. Listen, listen. Everyone's like, who's the next challenge for Valentina? Who could pose her some problems? I think if they let Manon fight like, I hope I'm saying her name right. Manon. Manon. Mm. Okay. I feel like if they allow her to get like two to three years of fighting underneath her underneath her belt, I think she could, I think she could give Valentina problems because one Valentina will have gotten older and she would have matured even more. She's a force. I don't see any person right now who's going to strike with her other than Valentina in the division. I don't see a single person who's going to strike with her. Yeah, I do right know she, she, for me, she, uh, although it didn't get really talked about that much, she was one of the breakout stars from the last fight island stint for me. Like the, the performance she put on was absolutely phenomenal. Incredible, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you, Kairos. That's a fight that should Valentina continue to, to to fight down the line, as you say, maybe like two two years time or whatever, I think that would be probably the most competitive fight that Valentina will have had in, in, in the UFC. But for me, I'm going with the big boys, man. People are sleeping on Curtis Blades against Yarzini, oh. motherfucking Rosenberg. <laughs> People are sleeping on that, bro. That is, oh, that, that's, that, that's a great fight. That's a really, really great fight. And I think, I, I, for me, like, I think Curtis Blades is going to be a he- bit hesitant to, uh, to go for mm. takedowns because obviously he, uh, he got countered with a nasty, nasty uppercut. And uh, Derek Lewis said that there was, a, there, was, there was a bit of a tail with when he was going to shoot. And now I think, I think everybody, everybody in the division, uh, they're potentially going to have to fight Curtis. Would have, would have studied that and would have seen, seen that. So we might, we might see them swanging and banging, you know. And if that, if that uh, is the case, well, we know Jorginho is a fantastic kickboxer, and so you know, I'm, I'm going for Jorginho Rosenstrike with the, for the win. That's what I'm going with. Do you, do you want us to pick, pick our runners, our winners, Mike, or do you want to just? Why not? Why not? Because we're not doing forfeits, though, right? <laughs> we're not doing that for a while or or oh, God. or if we do them we can do them in our own time because like <laughs> no we could do them in our, like when we're out drinking or whatever we just got to video it for you. like i think that's the that's the best way to do it the last time i could do it because i was on holiday so i didn't have anything to get up for the next day but i can't be doing that shit on the school night like, <laughs> even though even though, and I can't remember uh, the uh, the person that, that messaged us on uh, on Twitter said, even though they said it was a fantastic episode, the fact that we were, uh, that me, well, Kairos and I were down in shots. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> but okay, we don't we don't have to do forfeits, but um, okay, let, let's let's quickly run through them then in terms of our picks. So first off, we've got Jessica Andrade and Cynthia Carvillo on the main card. <laughs> Andrade is gonna whoop her. Cynthia should have never stepped out of bed for this one. I'm sorry, girl. Go back to 115 right now. I concur. What about you, um, Sanga? It's unanimous from uh, the shot fired judges. <laughs> Jessica Andrade is gonna get her hand raised. Okay. Jazinho, uh, Rosenstruck, and Curtis Blades. I'm going with uh, Rosenstruck. I, I don't know. I, I, I just feel as though. Kickboxing prowess puts or stands him in good stead always in my eyes. So I'm going with Rosenstruck. Chisanga. I, I already said I'm running Mr. Rosenstruck. So okay. Oh, that's wild. I'm going with Curtis Blades. How fucking dare y'all? 
We're gonna we, we're gonna sit here and act like Curtis just loses the average Joe Schmoes and schmucks. No, Curtis is elite. He just the only time he loses is when someone separates him from consciousness. Like it's 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 like, bro, you shot in, you literally got caught. Okay, fine. The other time was to Francis. I'm just like, you're elite. It's just they got your number. Those two, and it's okay for those two people in the division to have your number. So I'm going with Curtis. Okay, moving swiftly on. Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. I'm going with Robbie. I think Robbie is gonna, I, I just got it in my head that he's gonna put on a really kind of like career best or one of his career bests against Nick Diaz. First of all, to, to make a statement, but secondly, so he can lay those gloves down and say goodbye to the sport. I'm going with Robbie Lawler. Yeah, it pains me to say this. I'm a huge, huge Diaz brother fan. Uh, but I'm, I'm going with Robbie. Well, it doesn't pay me. Like, I'm a huge fan of Robbie Lawler as well. I, I'm fucking torn, like, who I want to win this fight, you mm -hmm. know? Wouldn't it be just great if, like, they... It was, like, it, it was, like, a fantastic draw and they both paid their win money as well. Wouldn't it be fantastic? Like, but, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Robbie Lawler for this. And I know people are going to say, well, when, when I say this, that, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. But I think ring rust or octagon <laughs> rust in this case is going to be a factor. Six years. This, we're not talking about one or two years or whatever. We're talking six years. And six years in which Nick has enjoyed himself. Is it like, hasn't, hasn't necessarily been 100% dedicated to, yeah. to bettering himself as a martial artist. I mean... Yes, over the last two years that he um, he has rededicated himself to the sport and got himself in phenomenal mental mental and physical shape. But I just think you can't take that amount of time off and come back against. Um, well, I'll, I'll still say he's an elite, but he's not the elite. The elite, an elite fighter in Robbie Lawler. You you just you just can't. So I'm leaning towards. No, I'm I'm picking Robbie Lawler to uh, get the W. Kairos? draw. I told y'all what's gonna happen. They're gonna lift up both their hands across. You're like, yeah, great fight, fellas. It's gonna be a draw. Put some money on it, you know? Like that might might be worth valuing that, by the way. Probably. Can't see it, can't see it. Anyway, <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. I think uh, Lauren Murphy's getting her face pushed in backwards. Because really and truly, Lauren Murphy hasn't fought anybody on Shevchenko's level, caliber, and destructive power. It's just going to be a one one side beatdown. I'm going with Shevchenko. How about you, Kairos? Lauren Murphy first round KO, flying knee, <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> she said, "Y'all doubt me? Watch me fly." Nah, okay. Valentina, obviously. Chisanga. Yeah, yeah, Val, Valentina. Yeah, Valentina. I, I'm not trying to trying to dismiss, uh, completely dismiss uh, uh, Lauren Murphy's chances. She she is a great mixed martial artist, but as you say, well, I was about to say, as you said, you said there's uh, she hasn't fought anybody on Shevchenko's level. The thing is, there's nobody on Shevchenko's level or the level below to to be able to make that step up. Do you know what I mean? Valentina Shevchenko is going to, yeah, you know what? I think she's going to get a spectacular knockout. Like, I think hmm. maybe even more spectacular than the uh, the Jessica I one. And wow. I mean, as long as, as long as uh, Lauren doesn't wear, uh, remember, remember Jessica I wore a bulletproof vest? <laughs> and then, then obviously she got KO'd with a headshot. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, 
Anyway, but yeah, I'm going with, uh, sadly, Lauren Mercy is going to lose her maiden UFC title fight. <laughs> Finally, Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega. Volkanovsky all day. I love the venom. I love the fact that they've had this needling, even though I didn't watch it on Tough, because that spilled over, I think, into what is going to be a, a serious like clash. And plus, I, I love the fact that, you know, Brian Ortega is kind of like playing it down. Like, this is just another fight. And he's, he's coming to this with, with some kind of like, there is no animosity here. Whereas Volkanovsky, <laughs> he's coming there to lift someone's head off. And I see him lifting his hand up victorious. Uh, Kairos. Brian Ortega is going to whoop his fucking ass. Brian Ortega is going to make this man realize I'm not the best fighter in the division. I'm just the only person who can beat Max. Volk is going to be sitting there patiently from range, trying to get rhythm, trying. Then he's going to get reckless and come and get fucking grabbed or dropped. Wow. And then from there, he's just going to flounder out. I'm telling you this right now. He just makes one mistake. Brian's taking his fucking head off. Jesus. Just it's, it's an inter, it's an interesting matchup because I, I I you know I think I think he's going to adopt a similar approach to um to to the uh, to the second well to the both max fight or the first max fight and and strike from range and, and look to utilize the the, the leg kicks I think I, that's the approach I think he's he's gonna uh, he's gonna use because he's not gonna try try smothering like remember he smothered Jose Aldo in Brazil no like he can't he's, he's not gonna do that he's not gonna do that because if you do that as you said. Even if you leave a limb for a tiny aorta out of position, Brian Ortega is going to take that shit. And yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Who? Uh, it's hard. It's, I, hard for, it's, it's hard for Volk to win when he can't yeah. use his grappling. If he just has to strike with you, he. I'm telling you, he's going <laughs> to. Let's go. Let's go. He's 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 improved immensely as a striker. Immensely as a striker. But so has Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega, let's not forget, beat Korean Zombie at his own fucking game. Striking. He beat Korean Zombie at his own fucking game. <laughs> Do you know what, right? I'm a huge Alexander Volkanovsky fan, but I'm going with Kairos. I'm going with the upset. I'm going with the upset. Brian Ortega is going to become new UFC featherweight champion of the world. I'm going with it. That's fucking go. If people want to come at me and say that I'm fucking crazy, yeah, I'm fucking crazy. But, yeah. T City, yep, it's gonna. I was gonna say something bad there, but <laughs> T City is gonna have it. Have his hand raised. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, our shots have been fired. <clears throat> yes, it's time to put those guns back in the holster. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I must say, it's um, it's gonna be a phenomenal card, a phenomenal night fights, and it's gonna be good to see you in spaces, Mister um, Malata, and indeed, <laughs> and indeed, Mister Bodley. The thing is, is I will be, I'll be in spaces, right? But I'll, I'll be, man will be out in Shoreditch at the same time. So, man, oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you could, uh, well, I'll more than likely be inebriated. But no, in fact, by the time I'll be home by three o'clock and yeah, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll pop into spaces before and during the card, whoever's hosting. Boom. Okay. We'll see you in spaces, ladies and gents. Enjoy the fights. Hula. This man's never in spaces. <laughs> this man never I have been in spaces. You, you never come to any space. Ever. Yes, I have been in space. <laughs> you want to know how I know that you're never in any space? Because Michael's in every space. 
and I'm in every space because I see Michael in every space and I right. never see you. <laughs> Ever. I, I was about to say, I think I can count on one hand the amount of spaces I've been in. So uh, that, that you're is... never in spaces. <laughs> no, Ever. Was, okay, so when you when you had Liam McCourt on, I was I was in. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it was just that one. <laughs> oh, God.